USB. Depend on it. Sean Hannity. New Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now it's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Did you miss me yesterday? Of course I did. I hope you feel better. I feel Yesterday I had a tough voice. Horrible, horrible I don't know what I had. I really don't work too good in radio. Even yes. my wife said, I, it doesn't make sense what you're explaining. I'm like, it doesn't, but I just, I feel horrible. Um, all right, so we got this Confederate flag issue. Um, I keep arguing, well, the Democrats are the ones that put it on the state house in South Carolina. Fritz Hollings in 1962, he served in the Senate. But putting that aside, um, has it at all become a Hillary issue? You've got Bill Clinton's 1992 Confederate flag campaign button. You got Bill Clinton signed a law honoring the Confederate flag while governor. His country was 87, wasn't it? You no, know, 86. I mean, it's, it's been out there, but it's I, I think more than anything, the reason it got focused on on Republican candidates for president this weekend was uh, the, the way that they answered it at first. It was, you know, sort of a an unsure footing kind of answer from all except really Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush was uh, had been in a situation when he was governor in Florida that he took the Confederate battle flag down, and so he was able to simply say, you know, basically, I did that back in 2001. I mean, I, I'm not I, I think well, more than anything, to me, what was interesting was watching yesterday as, after Nikki Haley, the governor of South Carolina, made her announcement that the Republican hierarchy, the Republican leadership, the National Party, everybody was ready and had made the decision over the weekend, evidently, to follow in her move to pull that flag down from the grounds of the state capitol. And so, I mean, I didn't say Well, listen, I'm just sensing that the Democrats put it up. To me, it ought to be at least some historical context and significance here. And it is of significance. As the Democrats put it up, it's their problem. But let me go further, because you got Bill Clinton. you got a, a con- Confederate flag button has surfaced from her 2008 campaign. This is when she was battling Barack Obama. Gateway Pundit has up two buttons, and I'm trying to confirm them now. Arkansas travelers in support of Hillary Clinton for president with the stars and bars in the background. The second one reads, Alabama supports Hillary Rodham for Clinton for president, 2008, with a picture of Hillary next to the Confederate flag. And my only point is, you look at the history, Bill Clinton signed a law honoring the flag. He went to a country club that banned black people at the time, and um, she's been mum on her husband's 1992 Confederate flag campaign button as well. Well, I would say that we'd like to ask her about a lot of things, but we're uh, the reporters are not allowed to. She's doing an event right now. I think at, um, it's uh, either a community center or something. It's near Ferguson, Missouri is where she is. Maybe she's in a church. I'm not exactly sure, but she's doing an event out in Missouri yeah, she's today. given a speech in, in Ferguson on racial issues uh, today. Paul Begala even said that she needs to answer for the Arkansas Confederate flag. Well, I'm sure it'll come up, but again, uh, there's only so much that me and, and my colleagues can do when you can't get to her. I'm and not ask blaming you. I, I understand. But, uh, you know, you know, look, uh, the, this is the great leveler. The Internet is the greatest thing in the world because you can dig up stuff like this and yeah, you can find true. things from the past. And people have uh, in minutes. photos and stuff. And so it'll all come out and it won't surprise me one bit for there to be Confederate emblem stuff from both parties over the last 25 years. You know, for whatever variety of reasons, it's become, you know, I remember uh, I went to college in Florida and in 1981, in my freshman dorm, there were two brothers who showed up with a black maverick that they drove up. 
and it was flat black painted, and it had a Confederate flag painted on the roof. Now, that didn't really raise too much of a ruckus back then, but I would bet if they showed up now in that at a college campus, it would it would create a ruckus at this point in time. So, yeah, the pendulum has swung. Things have changed a little, and we've seen that in the... In, but you the know as well as I do, you've been in Atlanta enough to know, as I do, at, at that New York, D.C., L.A., San Francisco have an opinion about Southerners that is so out of whack from reality. Isn't that true? And that there, well, are, there say, are good people on both sides of this debate. Oh, sure there are. But I would say this, I think, and, and I found this when I went to school uh, in the South, was that people said stuff and did stuff along racial lines and with Confederate emblems and more that I think they were just trying to see what I would do and how I would react. You know, um, I had a roommate that uh, nearly threw me out the window when uh, I argued with him over the point of whether Washington, D.C. was south of the Mason-Dixon line. He thought it was not. And, you know, so I, I think that that people from the north, they come down south and they see the Confederate flag. And to them, it's a jarring thing that they don't run into on a regular basis. And I, I that, listen, this is to me, this is the essence of the divide in this country. But it's, it's the a little different city, urban kind oh, okay. of thing. No, I would agree with that. And but versus the, sort of the rest of the country. But don't you agree with me that there is a total lack of understanding? I know people on both sides of this Confederate flag. Yeah, debate. the people in the south think the people in north are cra crazy and vice versa. Right. Right. And I remember when Zell Miller, to, you know, he brought up the issue of the flag very, what, 15 years ago or longer than that, 20, longer than 20 that. 25 years ago. It was a long time ago and I was there as that debate was going on. So I know the both sides positions really well. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, did you see that Trump is now in second place in New Hampshire in a poll that came out? I did see that, though I have to say I found it a little hard to believe that Rand Paul had slipped all the way to four percent in New Hampshire. I that that one, you know, I'm trying I'm trying not to focus too much on polling numbers, but that one seemed to me to be a bit of an outlier. But Jeb Bush keeps doing very well in New Hampshire. I do have to note. Uh, I think Trump will get a decent share of the vote in just about any state, as we've talked about. He may become sort of the focus for some on the Republican side. Is sort of he's not the politician. He's the guy who's going to speak straight. He's the guy who's not going to listen to these other politicians. He's going to remind them of where they've gone wrong. Is that going to be enough to keep him up in you know, the upper levels? I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I, I, I don't think he's I, I don't see anything out of the ordinary that Donald Trump would be showing up high in some polls. Absolutely. Can he stay there? Can he can he remain in the conversation and not sort of run aground? That's the larger issue. The three people that seem to be doing well that are in the race continue to be Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, and Scott Walker, who's not in the race. Yep. Yeah, I would say that right now those three have clearly, they've shown that they are sort of uh, above everybody else in terms of the polling, uh, in terms of their attention. You know, the word we've gotten is that Scott Walker might announce at some point sort of mid-July, around that point in time. You should be uh, asking me these questions because I know the answer. Anytime you need an answer, I will help you with the behind right, well, the scenes. Well, when's the announcing? Tell me that. I, well, I'm not sworn to secrecy okay. on the date. <laughs> July, though, is a pretty good approximation. I would say you're correct? a pretty smart guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but I think that those three are sort of being looked at by many Republicans, and, as, and especially in the Congress, as like the three to watch at this point in time. I will have to say, from watching Rubio last week and, and Jeb and Walker in their D.C. appearance, uh, Rubio, to me, still, he's got a good message, but he still needs to give that speech about eight million times. It doesn't seem to roll off his tongue, as well as Scott Walker's remarks roll off of his. And uh, Jeb Bush, obviously, I think, had a very good first week last week, and we'll see whether or not he can continue that type of momentum. No. All right. Um, it, one person that keeps getting more news, surprisingly, day in and day out, is Bernie Sanders. 
Yeah, and he was, uh, and I thought it was interesting today after we had the vote on the, uh, the fast track trade bill in the Senate today, who was one of the first people to stand up on the floor of the Senate and say something afterward, but Bernie Sanders. And I definitely have noted in the last few weeks he has taken a, a much higher profile role in his job as a senator. I mean, he was always sort of around, but you didn't see him on the floor that much making statements or holding news conferences. He's definitely stepped up that. And I think, you know, we've discussed this. He certainly has become the focus uh, on the He Democratic seems to have side. taken over all of this this call for Elizabeth Warren to run. Oh, yeah. He seems to have won over that support in the Democratic in Democratic circles. And as of now, Martin O'Malley doesn't really seem to exist. Uh, I mean, no. there's there's lots of stories about, well, uh, Sanders is going to Iowa and he had big crowds there. And he had big uh, turnout in New Hampshire and more. And he seems to be the one who's been able to 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 sort of bring together some of the I'm not sure I really want to vote for Hillary kind of vote. On the other hand, then you do get polling, like there was another poll out today from, I think it was Wall Street Journal, NBC poll, that showed Hillary Clinton very strong and defeating, if I remember correctly, just about every Republican. But again, it's way too early to be taking those things seriously. But it still seems like, despite all of the flack that she's been under, that she's still very strong Look, in the I, Democratic I've said race. this from the beginning. I think she starts out with 47% of the American vote. And I think yeah, that's just, I'd agree. that goes back to where the divide is. Um, Democratic strategist Maria Cardona actually posed the idea Sunday that Hillary Clinton could lose Iowa and New Hampshire to, to Bernie Sanders. And she's a self-described Clinton supporter. She said it on this week. That's, that to me I was think, a stunning statement. It seems like they're trying to lower expectations already. Well, I think that um, Bernie Sanders is going to run into big problems with his uh, party registration in New Hampshire. Uh, I would say look for that as a big point of, uh, of contention? contention. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I really think so. Because, look, he's not registered as a Democrat. I mean, he's not. And uh, the, in New Hampshire, you've got to show that party membership or you're supposed to be in order to get into the primary. So that still has to be settled in the months ahead. Can Bernie Sanders really grab hold? I, I think so. I don't see why not. But still, Hillary Clinton has an operation in both Iowa and New Hampshire that dwarfs anybody else in either party at this point in time. Yeah. All right. So. In spite of calls anywhere between 30 and 50 to 1 against, the TPA, in fact, passed in the Senate. Uh, that's well, the new version. Yet. Well, they, I'm, will, well, they will give it a final approval tomorrow. There is a procedural yeah. vote today. Which shows and, that it's going to pass. Yeah, it's going to pass. The Republicans split 47 to uh, only 5 against. Ted Cruz changed his vote. He did. He was the only one who changed. So it was along with him. It was Rand Paul, both of the Alabama senators, uh, Shelby and Sessions, and then uh, Senator Collins of Maine would be the fifth Republican who voted no. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know that a lot of people say that uh, despite all the outcry and everything, but let me tell you, that's 90 percent of the Republicans voting for it in the Senate, and it was well over 80 percent in the House. So it has not been a 50-50 kind of thing Listen, at all I, on I this I just issue. wish the Republicans, as Boehner goes about punishing those people that voted against him, uh, and there's quite a number of them, we'll have one on the program tomorrow, but as he goes, I wish he'd show the same gumption and fight against Obama. As I told you, if you're going to try to get rid of the king, you better kill him. And if you don't, you can't be surprised. By the that, way, you're uh, not talking about literally for the sake no, of... No, I'm talking, if you're, if you're going to go after Speaker Boehner and try to take him out, you better take him out. Because if you don't, you're going to There's a price it. to pay. There is. No. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. I wish, I, I wish that... I'm only saying I wish the Speaker fought that hard against Obama, and he doesn't. That's the point. That's why conservatives like me are, are pissed off. I, I don't know. It's I mean, he's bringing up bills that you like. He's, he's doing he, he's done a lot of good things. But I'll tell you where he's failed on on major things for me. 
when it came to using the power of the purse, I've told you this before, on Obamacare, and similarly with executive orders, Cromnibus, it was a big mistake, and they ended up funding the thing. And I think that was a bad strategy on his part, and I think he's afraid of his own shadow if anyone dares to mention that he might get blamed for a government shutdown. Hey, we'll see. The Democrats are the ones right now who are blocking the money bills, the funding bills in the Senate. They blocked one. How ironic is that? They don't care about being blamed at all. Yeah. Well, I think that you'll see what you'll see in the months ahead is Republicans are really their strategy is going to be finish all the funding bills in the House and then point the finger of blame over the Democrats and say, if there is a shutdown, it's their fault. They're the ones not letting the bills through. We're going to get into this uh, at the bottom of this hour. We have a woman who lost her father in Iran. uh, I'm sorry, in Iraq. We think because of an Iranian IED. Uh, Now we have Iran's parliament, as they chant death to America, voting to ban nuclear inspections. Does that mean our beloved president is going to continue to give concessions and beg the mullahs in Iran to uh, keep going with this deal? You know, what is really odd about the negotiations is there has been so little discussion about it recently in the political realm and just in, in terms of general news. Good point. And I don't know. I don't know how to take that, whether that means that they're nearing a deal and they're locked down or are they having are they struggling and they're just not getting anywhere? How could you be getting near a deal when they voted to ban nuclear inspections? That's not a deal. Yeah, uh, that would not sound like a deal yeah. to me. Chanting death to America doesn't sound like people we should be dealing with, does it? I think we've heard that from them before, yes. Yeah, good point. All right, Jamie, thank you. See you, Sean. All right, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We'll get back to our top story about the Confederate flag and Obama using the N-word at the top of the hour. Hey, listen, if you're like me, don't you hate getting ripped off? You go to an ATM machine, they charge you three bucks to get your money out. Or you get a cable bill, you have these mystery service charges. It's kind of like when you add taxes to it all, it's like a, a financial death by a million tiny cuts Now, I want to tell you about Square Trade Protection Plans. If you have a cell phone, you probably insure it through your provider, AT&T, Verizon, or Sprint, and you're probably paying $10, $11 a month, $199 deductible. Well, it's smart to protect your phone. You can keep your provider, cancel their insurance, go to squaretrade.com, and you'll pay less than 5 bucks a month, a much lower deductible. And the other thing with Square Trade is they insure all of your electronics, even your lawnmower. So whatever you need to protect, go to squaretrade.com. In the case of your cell phone, you can save, you know, over $240 on average per year per phone you have. So stop overpaying for phone insurance. Go to squaretrade.com and save hundreds. Squaretrade.com, and you can insure your phone and all your electronic appliances and your lawnmower. Squaretrade.com will continue. Inspired solutions for America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.